Hello and welcome to Tuesday, September 24th. Thank you for all of our listeners tuning in. We have a wonderful interview today. The interview uh, is with a very special individual in my life. Somebody that is my brother, literally blood related. Uh, We have, he was a graduate of the Pettisville High School. Then he went on to Trine. University, wasn't trying college, trying university, graduated with a degree in civil engineering, and now is a real adult. Well, let's welcome in <laughs> my brother, Lincoln Fry. How's it going, Dom? Oh, dude, I don't know if I consider myself a, a real adult, but it sounds good, so we'll go with it. Uh, no, if you work a 40-hour work week, you have other things you on the side and you classify them as hobbies. I'm pretty sure that classifies you as a real adult. Maybe. That's what but. I consider real. If you aren't taking classes and you have a full-time job, you are a real adult. <laughs> All right. Well, that that's, sounds good to me. That's in the Dom McFry dictionary. <laughs> All right, dude. So, dude, let's just start simple. How's your week been, man? How, uh, yeah, how's your week been, Link? Uh, it's it's been interesting. Um, I've had a lot more free time recently. So let's just go in kind of basics for you. You know, for the people that are listening, they may or may not know you. As I mentioned, a graduate of Pettisville, and then you went on to Trine, and then as we've been speaking about, you are a real adult. So where are you at now? Where are you currently at in life right now? Like in like literal geographic location. And, you know, what do you do for those 40 hours plus a week that you work? Um, so I live out in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, it's a fairly small city as far as cities go, but I don't think I could handle anything any bigger. So I actually like it a lot. As far as my job goes, I work for a civil engineering firm uh, in downtown Fort Wayne. And I... I'm a glorified babysitter. Uh, The best way to describe it is if you've ever drove by a construction site and you see one guy doing the work and about six guys standing there, I'm one of those six guys. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So basically my job is I have to watch the contractor as they build something and make sure that they're doing it according to the plan. Um, because contractors can be shady and they'll take shortcuts and do whatever it takes to, uh, make it cheaper and easier for themselves. But obviously, um, that's, that's not what you want if you're the city or the state. Um, so that's, that's where I come in to kind of make sure that the contractors are doing what they're supposed to be doing. I have never heard you describe your life, your life, your job like that before, Lincoln. That is a. <laughs> I was gonna say I know I've told a bunch of other people that, so that's funny that I've never said that to you. No, that's funny. So you had mentioned that you enjoyed living in Fort Wayne. What do you enjoy about it? Actually, the my my hobbies. So one of the things that I've gotten big into recently is cycling and uh, the problem with cycling is it takes a long time like if I go out for a 20 mile bike ride that's a pretty short bike ride 
but that will still take me an hour to do. Um, so that's where what's nice is I actually have groups of guys that I will will ride with, and that's that's made it a lot more fun. And plus, I mean, uh, sometimes we'll get competitive, and like for a short stretch of the roadway, we'll kind of get in a sprint or something. You know, just none of us are that good, but it's always fun to see who's who's the best on that day. For sure. And it's fun. It's cool to have people like that that are able to push you, you know, for yourself to kind of push the limits rather than just going out and biking on your own for that bar. You probably would not be going as fast as you would be just by yourself. And you may not go as far by yourself either. So it's awesome to have some guys to be able to bike with. How did you come across these guys or who, like, are they people you work with? Was it? Um, actually, I knew none of them. Um, it was actually, I was playing Ultimate Frisbee, and I was talking to one of the guys there, and he said, oh, yeah, I would ride with this group. And so I was like, okay, you know what, I'll go, and I'll ride with him and the rest of these guys. Well, that guy never showed up, and he's never ridden with us before. So it's like, okay, you told me to go ride with this group, and then you don't even ride with them. But hmm. it, I, I'm glad that I went. Um, it was a little weird at first because I'm a pretty quiet guy and to not know anybody. And the the thing about riding in groups is um, more so than running. When you're on a bike, you really want to follow behind somebody in a certain manner because you will actually catch their draft. And it is crazy how how much that affects your ride. So, like, for me, typically I can ride by myself and go 20, 21 miles an hour. Like, that's is me pushing hard but still under control. Sometimes you'll get somebody who's really good up front, and the rest of us will be tucked in behind him, and I will be barely pedaling at all, and I'm going 22, 23 miles an hour. It's like, what is happening right now? Well, it's all because of that draft. Physics, man. Mm-hmm. Was that something you learned from the other guys that you bike with or something you just kind of learned from, not trial and error, but just from trying it out and kind of realizing that or something you had researched? How did you find oh. out about, about Um, that? I mean, I knew, I knew that it was a thing. I never knew how how much it actually affects you. So, actually, the first time I rode with those guys, this is kind of crazy from the opposite end of the spectrum. I was on the the back of the group, and this one guy was right behind me, but his wheel, his front wheel was a couple inches from my back wheel. And I, I was very uncomfortable, because it wasn't like he was like right behind me. He was off to the side, so his wheel... Like, the sides of our wheels were a couple inches apart. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't do this. So I kind of slowed <laughs> up to let him get around me. The problem is, at the moment I did that, they must have hit a little bit of a burst. And I went from being with the group to a good 100 meters behind them in a, a blink of an eye. Wow. I'm like, what just happened? And so I had to work extra hard 
just to get back up to the group. And the only reason I even got back up with them was because at stop signs, they'd have to slow down and make sure cars weren't coming. And I could just zip right through them because I'm like, well, if they made it, I can make it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of those things that they would look and see that as clear. And so they would go and I would be like, okay, I'm close enough that you just assumed it was still clear. Yeah. Yeah. I just was like, okay, if they make it, that gives me plenty of time. Like, I mean, I'd still kind of look before I got to the intersection, but I wouldn't really stop where a lot of those guys would slow down enough that they could stop for me. If there would have been a car coming, I wouldn't have been able to stop, which some of these roads were on minor roads. So they're, wasn't that much traffic to begin with so i didn't really have to worry about it but it just helped me to gain gain some time on those guys so they were able to use you know kind of that burst of speed from that i forgot the exact terminology used before but from trailing somebody to go whereas drafting they were able to get ahead of you by drafting whereas for you you just blew through stop signs and said I'll risk it all to get back with these guys. So, well, it was one of those things. It was one of those things that the front guys were strong bike riders, stronger than I were, was, and so for them, or if I was tucked in the group and drafting off of them, that would allow me to go faster. So let's say twenty-two, twenty-three miles an hour without putting in that effort. So since I fell off, I then had to put in the 22, 23 miles an hour effort in order to catch back up to them, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. So we're talking about cycling, that being one of your hobbies, and that can kind of transition into our next point. So you have recently, when I say recently, I mean really a couple years, have gotten into triathlons of different lengths. So triathlons, you know, again, different distances and variations, but you have your swimming, your biking, or your cycling, and then running at the end. Correct. So I guess the first question I have for you is how, what, what even got you started into triathlons? I guess it's one of those things that I've always, I've always been a natural cyclist. Again, not that I'm great. Um, a lot of these guys kick my butt, so it's clear that I'm not that good. But I just remember growing up and cycling with Alex in the mornings like we'd use as a workout. And I could just tell that for me, it was easier than it was for him. And then, I don't know if you remember this. I remember this very well. Uh, there was one year that you were hurt in college. And so you were riding the bike a lot and I had graduated. So I wasn't really doing much of anything. Um, We both came home for a weekend or whatever it was. And you asked me if I wanted to go for a bike ride. I was like, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Well, we got out 10 miles or so. And of course, us being brothers, you get a little competitive and you pull up a little ahead of me and then I pull up a little ahead of you. And then next thing you know, we're just sprinting, giving it everything we got. <laughs> I just blew you out of the water. And I remember you being mad, not legitimately mad, but just yeah, mad. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, 
dude. I've been riding this stupid bike for weeks, and you have been doing nothing but basketball. How, like, how can you do that? It's, I don't know. I guess I'm just a natural cyclist. Maybe you, maybe you just have stronger quad muscles than Alex and I do, you know? Oh, I, I do think that is part of it, <laughs> which, I mean, all jokes aside, I think that the fact that I am a little more of a sprinter than you and Alex are. Yeah, yep. It's a fact into cycling. And then also, uh, just the fact that I loved, growing up, I loved hills, running hills and stuff like that. So I think I have, I'm more of a power runner than I am a distance runner. And so I think that translates pretty well into into cycling. Yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense that you, again, just have those different types of muscles, those fast twitch fiber muscles to be able to, uh, and again, that's a great example, like you said, sprinting wise, you know, and Alex is kind of in the middle between the two of us, but I am not a sprinter to save my life. Never have been, never will be. I just do not have that extra kick, that extra gear in the shorter distances that you guys have. So as far right. as training for a triathlon then, so how, like, where do you, I guess one question that I have, and I know I've asked you this before, and I still don't really fully comprehend, is where do you even get started for something like that? Because again, you have the biking, the swimming, and the running. So it's not, you know, we've been talking a lot about biking thus far, but it's not like you can just go out and bike 60 miles and say, well, I'm good. But it's not like you can just go out and run all these miles and say, oh, I'm good. But you can't just focus all your time on swimming either. So how do you balance between the three of them without just running your body into the ground, but also making sure that you are strong in all three aspects? Right. Well, first off, I don't know if we necessarily had stated what the distances are. Um, so there's multiple triathlon uh, distances. I have mostly done sprints. So I guess a lot of my training is more focused on sprint triathlons than anything else. And a sprint triathlon is normally 400 to 750 meters of swimming. And then you would bike a 20K, which is around 12 and a half miles. And then you run a 5K. Um, so for those, um, I didn't think the training was too bad. Because what I did is I swam every morning. I'd get up before work and uh, just swim 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, it was more based off distance. So I was doing double the race. So I would do 1,000 meters or whatever, something, something like that. And then in the afternoons, once I got off work, I would either go for a bike ride or I'd go for a run. And then the next day I would do the opposite. And I didn't, I didn't really do anything like speed workouts or anything like that. It was just about getting miles in. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. and I mean, obviously I would push my pace. So I didn't, I guess I didn't necessarily have workouts, but I would say that I had a lot of tempo workouts that my my bike rides were as fast as I could go while under control. So that's where that 20 miles an hour 
is kind of a good uh, for where I'm at currently. That's a good speed. That's like okay, I'm pushing myself pretty good, but I'm also not going to burn out. Um, same thing with running. That I was well running. I was probably being a little dumb at first because I would run and I was like, oh, I can run seven minute pace and then I would see somebody in front be like oh I gotta go catch that person oh I gotta go catch the next person in front of them uh, <laughs> other people on the pathway or it'd be like oh there's a pretty girl I gotta you know fly by her you know look look cool and whatnot hey. and so I'd, I'd end up running really fast I remember the first year I was doing a lot of uh, six minute miles but I'd only go like two miles two and a half miles but that's where being a being just a 5k i i could get away with it right so of the three aspects then or i have an assumption but which <laughs> of the three do you enjoy the most as far as training goes i actually kind of enjoy the swimming the most but that's just from a training aspect um i i am not a good swimmer whatsoever i'm one of those guys that has to wear a nose plug when he swims and if that gets knocked off i am done like i, <laughs> I cannot control the air at all so that's where training was nice because i'm in a lap pool by myself no, no big deal but like during a race like i'm always a little always a little nervous on the swim just because of getting hit and either messing up my goggles or me losing my nose plug like that would be the absolute worst thing but i would say for the actual race i enjoy the bike ride the most because i'm out of the pool excuse me not out of the pool but out of the the lake where we're swimming and it's like okay just jump on my bike get comfortable and go and then the run it's like i just have experience with um, I don't necessarily enjoy running just because I, I do that by myself and it gets really boring. And then for the race, like it's the end of the race, so you're you're tired and you're just like, I just want to be done. And that's um, when the adrenaline kicks in, man. Yeah. So I guess I don't know if I fully understand your train of thought. How do you like swimming – the training aspect of swimming more than the competing aspect of biking more. I, I like the, the training for the swim because you get done one year in a, or at least I do a lot of my swimming at the YMCA pool. And so you're in a controlled environment. Like the problem with going out for a bike ride, if I'm by myself, you know, I could, uh, end up on a road where it's all broken up and pop a tire or crash and then I have to get up and I got skins on my on my skin and whatnot and uh, <clears throat> yeah like there's there's a certain risk behind that but with swimming it's like I just get in I don't really have to think or I can you know just start thinking about whatever and I just swim and I swim and I swim and the thing is, once I get done, I'm tired, but I don't feel gross. Like, I'm not all sweaty. I'm not all sticky and whatnot. Like, I'm, I'm almost refreshed 
afterwards. So that's where I guess for training, it's just it's just relaxing. Like I'm still pushing hard, so I'm still tired. I'm still getting good workout, but you just kind of feel you feel good afterwards. Yeah, and that makes sense. I guess I didn't think about that. That I know the times that I have swam laps in a pool, that it would be much different, you know, to hop in a pond, especially with several people all together. You're not just following the line. It's not just the clear water. There's just all people, arms and legs everywhere, especially at the very beginning of the race, too, and everybody's all on top of each other. It's not like swimming's at the end and you have some distance in between each other, that it's the beginning and it's just a totally different atmosphere in the race than it is for you to just go and swim laps by yourself. Well, and here's the other thing with in a race, when you're swimming in a a lake or a, a pond or whatever, nobody swims in a straight line. Obviously your top notch guys do a much better job of it than somebody like me. But, um, if you were to look at my, my course, it's just all over the place. Right. And, so is everybody else's. So you'll have people crossing people. You're going to run into somebody. And also, like, sometimes you just can't can't see. So, like, we'll be swimming towards the sun. And since it's the first thing, normally the sun is still coming up. And it's just right at that angle where it's right in your eyes. And you're just like, I, I can't see anything. So hopefully I'm going the right way. Like... <laughs> Yeah, at that point, like, I'm just looking at other swimmers. I'm looking for buoys, anything that I can be like, okay, I am heading back or I'm heading in the direction I'm supposed to be going. Yeah, I didn't even think about that either. The time of day in the sunshine with the, you know, off the water as well, swimming in the pond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My last race, I I literally could not see the, the whole stretch home. Because it was basically a straight out turn and come back. And it was it was a long ways to not be able to see where the heck I was going. So I was just basing it off everybody else and hope that everybody else was going right. Hey, the classic runner mentality, just follow the person in front of you. So let's transition, well, not transition, but, you know, you mentioned about races and that you primarily have done sprint triathlons. How many, you know, at this point, how many sprints have you done, Olympic, like what kind of races, how many, the magnitude, not magnitude, the amount amount of races, how many races have you completed with triathlons? Sprints, I have done... Let me see this. Seven? Seven or eight of them? My first one was a, a sprint actually up up by my, my college up at Trine University. But yeah, I believe I've done seven of them. I haven't done any Olympic. The Olympic is just double a sprint. Uh, so it's 1,500 meters of swimming and then a 40K. So like, uh, what's that? 20. 22 no sorry not 22 like 25 miles and then you run a 10k i have not done any of those but then i have attempted 
one half triathlon, which is 1.2 miles of swimming and then 56 miles of biking. And then you run a half marathon. Shoof. I've ran a couple half marathons myself and I was exhausted after those. I can't even imagine doing all that swimming and biking beforehand. So how does with training for the half? So I know we talked a little bit about training in general, but how does training for the half differ than your training that you had for your sprint triathlons? The only real dis- difference is that I increased the distance like crazy. So I went from swimming the 1,000 uh, meters to swimming uh, like two and a half. The biking... I had been increasing that, like I have done a handful of 60-mile bike rides, and that was actually as far as I went was a couple 60s, Um, but I had done like four or five of them throughout the year, so I I was feeling pretty confident about that. The one I was worried about was actually the run, um, just because I've had a lot of health issues when it comes to running between lower back issues and knee issues that has prevented me from running, which is actually part of the reason why I I started doing triathlons because I was like, oh, I can handle doing a 5K and this adds other events onto the 5K so it doesn't get stagnant. So I definitely was worried about the the half marathon but I was hoping that I could get up to do it. And um, I ended up not being able to. That my my back locked up. And I, I was just walking way too much. And I was like, all right. I can either stop here at the six and a half mile mark. Or I can try and do the, the second lap and finish. But my concern with doing that was the, f- the fact that it was in my back. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to hurt myself more. I'm going to cause more issues down the road. Is this really worth it? And ultimately, I decided it wasn't, that it wasn't worth me risking hurting myself more than I'm already hurting. Man, I, I can't even, when I got that text message this past weekend or the weekend before no it's this past weekend Uh, whatever when i got that text message honestly my heart just sank that you were not able to finish the race you know not able like you had wanted to due to your health concern so you briefly had mentioned that there but how hard was that you know to make that because i mean that was a bang bang decision that either yeah either a i kind of gimp into the finish line and maybe you know my time doesn't look the best how long did you contemplate that during the race like what did that look like during the actual moment um it actually wasn't bang bang so actually just two and a half miles into the race i walked for a little bit that my my calf was really tight and I just came up this hill and I was like, all right, let's just, let's break down and walk for a little bit, you know, kind of get the calf loose and then we'll, we'll go. So it was only like 10, 15 seconds that I walked and then I continued running. 
and I was like, okay, this, this is fine. But then it, like, I could feel it almost working its way up. So then my hamstring, mm. tight. I'm like, okay, this, this is fine. I stopped at the, I think it was like three and a half mile water station. I got some water and got some Coke and uh, Coca-Cola. Yeah, that Coca-Cola. Yeah, because the thing is, with a race this long, you need stuff that is easy to digest, and that's where sugar is easy to digest. So you would take a little bit of sugar, and it's it's watered down, like so. It's it's not like just open up a can of pop. So it's it's flat and. I mean, it. I don't know. I guess I don't know if it necessarily helps or not because at that point I was just fighting my muscles, uh, just locking up on me, which which was really annoying because that's not what I expected. I expected my muscles to be exhausted and just having to mentally push through the pain of them being exhausted. Right. I, I expect for stuff to start locking up on me. Cause like I was drinking throughout the bike ride and I, I felt good on the bike ride, but what I think it was, I think what, what did me in was the fact that on my, I have a road bike, so it has drop down handles, but then I got attachments for the aero bars. Um, aero bars just stick out in front of the normal handles. And the intent with those is that it stretches you out and puts you in a more aerodynamic position. Okay. The problem with that is you can't have a bike fitted to you that is both a road bike and in the aerodynamic position because your seat positioning would change. Stuff like that would change. And I think I was in my arrows too much. And so it put too much pressure on my back. So then when I start running and everything else started to tighten up, that it just, that my back never stood a chance. So right. yeah, that I mean, you hadn't, because you had said you had gone on a couple, you know, 60 mile bike rides, but right, yeah. I'm sure, especially on your back, it is much different going on that 60 mile bike ride and then hopping off and having to run the farthest distance you've ran in a long time as well, you know, and kind of the combo of the two, I'm sure right. it's obviously a lot more strenuous on your back. Right. Do well, that back to back. And I didn't do a whole lot of training in my aero bars because a lot of my 60 mile bike rides were group bike rides and you don't want to be in your arrows if you're in the middle of a group ride. Because it's harder for you to steer. It's harder for you to stop. Uh, so it's just not safe to do it in a group. So I think I just didn't get enough training. So my body wasn't used to it. And then my back just kind of freaked out because I was in it too much. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's kind of go to the next step then. So as far as your triathlons, and again, you know, you've talked about kind of your love and your new hobby and cycling. What is the next step for you? What's the, you know, are you playing, you got another half on the schedule you're planning to do, looking to do maybe some sprints. What, 
you know, maybe even some cycling races, you know, what's kind of next for you on your training? I think at least for next year, I'm not planning to do a half. It'll just be sprints. So this year was the first year, or at least that I'm aware of, that the city of Fort Wayne has had a triathlon series. They have two sprints here in Fort Wayne, and then actually three sprints here in Fort Wayne. And then they have one up at Trine University that they just did this year. They're kind of making that a series. And I think I'm going to focus on those for next year just to see how I can place. But I also think the intent will be to try and get my running base back to see if I can keep bumping it out a little more slowly to get to the point that I can run 10 miles. And if I get to that point where I can go out and run 10 miles and feel feel good, not feel hurt or anything like that, then maybe I will then maybe I'll talk about doing another half, but I, I for now I'm gonna put the half on back burners. Yeah, so I mean, that'd be cool having those couple sprints to, you know, especially, you know, since they're all like related, you know, as well in kind of a what's the terminology, you know, a larger competition between the three of them that, you know, they're all intertwined. It's kind of like a series of tries that you'll be able to do, you know? Right. Yeah. I I think that'll be pretty cool. Um, I also think it'd be pretty cool to see just how fast I could do a sprint. Just because like I had said about my training, it's all been just getting in, distances i haven't really done speed workouts other than uh just tempo runs so i think it'd be interesting to see how fast i could actually do a sprint yeah to put all your thoughts into that one race and try to again with all three aspects of it try to train as much as you can to go all in for that one sprint yeah that is awesome so let's uh last question of the night then for you link for the for the interview this marvelous interview that we've had you know what is one piece of advice that you would leave for somebody you know wanting to get into triathlons you know specifically somebody for yourself that was a collegiate athlete i guess i apologize i never even mentioned that in the introduction but with you being a collegiate athlete competing for four years at trying part of their cross country and track and field team you know and being a successful pole vaulter that you were you know, for somebody, not even just saying in the running aspect, but a collegiate athlete that wanted to get into triathlons, I shouldn't even say collegiate athlete, just somebody, uh, an athlete that would like to get into tri- triathlons, like what's some advice that you would have for them? Man, I feel like there's there's so much. Right. Um, because like for the bike, like just having a good road bike compared to a cheap Walmart bike makes a world of difference when i first started training for triathlons i was using a walmart bike and i was going 16 miles an hour like that was that would be my average so just switching to a road bike i instantly jumped from that 16 to go to doing 18 19 miles an hour and then additional training um and also switching to clip-on shoes got me up over 20 to where I am now. But I think actually the 
best advice I can give is go swim in some lakes before you you actually do one. Because I, <laughs> the first one I did, I had no lake training at all. I was like, oh, I'm swimming in a pool. I have swam out in lakes before. <laughs> you know, this is fine. It, it wasn't fine. I got <laughs> into the swim and started basically hyperventilating because I could only breathe out of the right side. And every time I'd go to take a breath, I'd either get splashed or the wind would come and hit waves into my mouth. And so I, I couldn't breathe. And I just remember freaking out. And so I rolled over on my back and was just like, okay, I have people here who are here to support me. I can't drop out. I just need to get myself under control, get my breathing under control, let everybody get out of the way, and I'm just going to finish. You know what? I don't care what time. And I ended up getting out of the water, and I was one of the last ones out of the water, but ended up getting 10th overall. Wow. And it's just, it was crazy to me that even with that horrible swim that I still did okay. So if I actually would have had lake training beforehand and known what to expect, because you also can't see lines on the bottom. So you just look down into this abyss of nothingness and it's really weird. And also you're not hitting a wall and turning around at any point. It's just go, 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 go. Oh, Hey, now I have to turn. Yeah. It's really a weird, a weird feeling if you're not prepared for it. And probably the last thing I know you had said one, and I'm kind of throwing multiples out there. The other thing is I got some, you'll see a lot of people in uh, wetsuits. They're crazy expensive. I bought just a half wetsuit. So all it is is basically like shorts. Like I'm, I'm wearing spandex shorts over my, my triathlon kit. And what it does is it's a buoyancy short and it picks your, uh, your hips up in the water. And it is crazy how much easier and faster it is to swim when your legs aren't slowly sinking down and basically causing drag. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, no, no, it definitely does make sense because I feel like as for me as a swimmer, that's one thing I struggle with is getting my hips up. To right. Swim. So that definitely makes sense yeah. to have the shorts to be able to help with that. Yeah, that is extremely common in in people who aren't like lifelong swimmers is that we, even when we don't realize we're doing it, as we get tired, our hips start to sink, our lower legs start to sink, and we we slow down. Well, awesome. Those are a couple of good pieces of advice, you know, especially the swim in the lake. I don't know. I mean, I would never think of that myself and I doubt many people would, you know, yeah. just think, well, I swim laps in a pool. I can swim in a lake. Ain't no thing. Yep. Well, thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been awesome. It's been absolutely yeah, awesome. Being able to interview you. It's been great having this interview and being able to go through, you know, your kind of new hobbies 
in cycling specifically, but even across the board, be able to hop into your training. You know, the Nasty Fries, we're all about sports here and, you know, integrating sports into our real adult lives. So that is awesome to kind of see you go through that next transition, the next phase of your life with these triathlons. Thanks again for sharing, dude. It's been awesome. It's been real. And uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And thanks to everybody who's listening. Our millions and millions of listeners, he wants to say thank you too. And from Honduras and where else did you, you say? You, you said you're international now. Global. Global. We're global. That's facts. If you don't believe me, I'll show you the statistics. We do have listeners in Honduras. So that is facts. <laughs> uh, that's right, awesome. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you spending the time, dude. Have yep. a great week, man. You too.